My name is Amanda Van Annen. Welcome to Beauty and the Beat. Join me and my co-hosts, Betsy Zane and Sophia Brad, as we pierce beyond the beauty myth and get face-to-face with reality. Highs and lows of fashion to the challenges of motherhood, the traumas of life, heartbreak of relationships gone wrong, and how to find purpose and discover your true, authentic self. Hi, and welcome to episode nine of Beauty and the Beat. Today I'm here with our guest, Emily Jones-Smith. Emily is a personal growth and motivational YouTuber. She creates videos about lessons she's learned in her life, things that have limited her life and how she overcame them in the hopes that it will help others overcome the same limitations. Emily, welcome to Beauty and the Beat. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful that you've invited me onto this podcast. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Emily, I'm happy to have you on the podcast. Um, I've been watching a lot of your two YouTube videos and they're really, really inspirational. And you give a lot of practical tips to people on how to have life-changing effect. Now, before we go into that, can I ask you, How did you start on this journey? Like, what made you want to become this inspirational coach, I would say, that is trying to change the mindset of others? Yeah, so long story short, because obviously everyone's story is long in some way, but my story, I would say, is basically I struggled really badly with anxiety and depression. Four or five years ago, it was such an awful period of my life where actually I attempted to take my own life. And I think I was in this state of anxiety and depression because of many things that had happened in my life. For example, my dad passed away of a heart attack when I was 12 years old. My cousin, who was literally my best friend, my sister, she committed suicide. And all of these events in my life kind of just built up and I compressed them and it just turned into having anxiety and depression and I was actually diagnosed with it. I went to doctors, I went to therapists, they gave me medication, they gave me all this different kind of things that was meant to help me but nothing was helping. So one day I came across a book and I read it and it was a self-development book and I think it was how to get from where you are to where you want to be by Jack Canfield. So I started reading that and something in my brain just clicked. Like, I don't know what it was, but it was like, yes, I completely understand this book. And I started implementing self-development practices, personal development, self-help tips into my life. And little by little, I started to get better. And what I started to do was create videos on my personal Facebook and talk to my friends and family on Facebook and say, well, this is what is helping me. This is what I'm doing. And my friends and family were like, hey, Emily, this is actually helping me. Like, thank you for like putting this content onto Facebook. So I thought, why not create a brand? Why not create a whole platform where 
I can just talk about everything that I have learned in my life, things to better myself, things that my friends have done to better themselves, books that I've read, self-development. And why do I not just create a platform where I can do this and talk to people? Because so many people are going through hard times right now. So many people are struggling in their life. And I just think if people actually understood that there is self-development out there and ways that you can work on yourself and work through your problems and work through your limitations, so many people's lives would be better. So I thought, why not? And that's how Live Without Limits came to be, basically, because I was so anxious and depressed. Something needed to change. It got to that point where something needed to change and I had to make that change. And here we are now. Yes, here we are. Here we are now. So the limitations we put on ourselves, how did you, you know, you told me about the book you just read from Jack Canfield. How did you go beyond your limitations? What would you say were the steps to take you from where you were in a suicidal state because of the mishaps that have happened in your life to where you are now? which to me seems like a really, really happy, confident person. What would you say were the steps? Well, honestly, I'm an actress at heart. I've studied acting. So personally, I am in a very happy place right now. I am in a very confident place in my life. I do still have days where I feel sad and I feel unhappy. And obviously everyone has those days. But I am definitely in a much, much better state of mind than I was before. And how I would say I did that was little by little, step by step. We can look at our lives, and especially when I was in that hard place, that awful place, and I thought to myself, I hate everything about my life. I just hated everything. But little by little, it's all about the little steps that you can do. And the thing is, if someone else has done it, you can do it too. You just have to find someone that you want to be like or read books of people who inspire you and implement little things into your life. Because it's so easy to say that I want to change everything or I want a happier life, but it's harder than saying that. It's consistency. It's putting consistent work into your life and consistently doing things to improve your life and seeing what works for you. Because what works for me might not work for you. What works for you might not work for your viewers. And it's all trial and error basically. Yes, I totally agree with you. So you talk a lot about reading Mm. and the importance of reading books. Now, would you say that that's the one, if I think about part of your transformation through this journey, would you say that's the one thing that has really affected change in you? A hundred percent. I would a hundred percent say that reading books, because focusing on books And even just reading 10 pages a day, it reminds you of the things that you can be doing. And it puts you in a state of, I can change my life. And there's so many amazing books out there. Like, I'm in love with books. And I can even tell myself, when I haven't read a book for a couple of days, I start to feel down. And it's because I'm not practicing that mentality of being more positive and finding ways and solutions of making my life better. It's like when you go to the gym, if you want a fit and healthy body, you can't do it for like two days and then bam, you've got this amazing body, you're really healthy. You have to continuously work on your mindset and your life. I totally agree with you about reading books because books really help transform our 
thoughts and our mm. thought patterns. Yeah. And one of the issues we have today is people are replacing social media for reading because mm. we only have limited time in the day. So I find that people spend a lot of time in social media looking at other people's lives, whether they're real or manufactured, instead of spending time maybe reading, maybe going out, maybe going for a walk, doing physical activity, meditating, whatever it is. What do you think are the effects of social media and people replacing this, for example, for reading instead of reading? So do you mean being on social media instead of reading or Yes, like being on social media, just scanning through people's pages instead of actually reading a book that could help your personal development. Well, most people, when they wake up, the first thing they do is check their phone. They check their emails, they check their Instagram, they check their Facebook. They don't even give themselves a minute to think about themselves and their life they const they just go straight into someone else's life oh this person's on holiday this person's having a baby this person's having a promotion it's so easy to compare yourself these days and especially with social media it's so easy to feel bad about yourself as well because for example if you weren't invited to a party maybe 20 years ago you wouldn't know because you wouldn't be checking social media. But if you weren't invited to a party, you would know now because everything's on social media. I do think social media has a really bad effect on people's lives. I totally agree with you there. And it's also, the thing with social media is you've also got to be sure of yourself. Like you've got to be confident in yourself. You've got to be reassuring to yourself because sometimes you see images that really make you feel envious yeah. or not good enough mm. or judgmental and it's about you know finding a path so that you really understand who you are so all the outside doesn't affect you anymore I want to go into talking about the several topics you cover like on YouTube and stuff and one of the things you talk about is about stop feeling judged I feel a lot of times when Things are not working out for us in life, be it um, financial, be it relationships, be it whatever it is, family or personal relationships. We start beating ourselves up and judging ourselves, you know, against other things, other situations that could have been or would have been. And we forget to live in the present moment. Mm. What tips do you have for people, you know, to stop this type of judgmental behavior? Yeah, so linking to what we were just talking about on social media, which I think would help your viewers, try to use social media. Don't let social media use you. So mm, if you are going to spend time on social media, unfollow people. If you get a negative feeling from that person, unfollow them. Start following creative people. Start following inspirational people. Start following people who you look at them and think, Yes, I would love to be like that because we follow all these people who make us feel bad. And I don't know why we do it, but we put ourselves in this state of turmoil when we don't need to. But as for being judged or feeling judged, it depends whether you're judging yourself or you think other people are judging you. As you said, I've recently done a video on this. There's so many ways to get over the fear of judgment. But I think the most important thing to realize as a person is my favorite quote which is those who matter don't mind and those who mind don't matter. Like your family and your friends, your best friends. 
they don't mind what you do as long as you, it's making you happy as long as you're finding mm-hmm. fulfillment and joy. I mean, they probably wouldn't like it if you hurt people on purpose or anything like that. But those in your life who matter don't mind. And those who mind in your life, those people don't matter. If you've got judgmental friends, then they don't really need to be in your life. You shouldn't have people who are judging you. Life is hard enough without other people judging you. But there's so many ways to get over fear of judgment. But the most important thing to know is as long as it's making you happy, you should be doing it. Because so many people spend their life just being unhappy. We have such a short life. So try and enjoy it. Yeah, but fear of judgment is also greatly related to fear of failure, Mm. which is another topic you talk about because a lot of people feel like, you know, my friends are doing this. If I'm not there, other people are going to think this of me. Other people are going to tell me not to do this. Other people are going to talk about me. And a lot of those fears are not true. You know, like we have this tape going in our head about all these thoughts about how other people are going to judge us because we are so caught up in being afraid of failing. Now, a lot of people have this fear of failure. How would you advise people in today's world to deal with this? Because there's so much going on, coronavirus on one hand, then there's fear of just like not having enough money. And especially for us as women, not getting married by the time you're, I don't know what age now, you know, it's like there's always this fear. And so we have a lot of people going around the world, literally living in fear, you know, of things that haven't actually manifested in their life, but they're afraid of it manifesting. So they keep on living in fear and get anxiety, depression, and all the things you talked about. How do does one get over this? The first thing to realize is, like you said, most of the things we fear haven't even come true yet. They're not even real. We fear things. And the thing is, we spend so much time worrying about something, and it normally just doesn't come true. 90% of the things that we worry about doesn't happen. But with fear of failure, the thing to really understand is you need to fail in life. I can't say anything other than failure is so important to success. Failure is the best thing you will ever learn from. You're more likely to learn good things from failure than succeeding. Because when you fail, you can think, oh, this is where this went wrong. This is where I can improve. You will not get anywhere without failing first. And the people who are successful in life, the people who you admire, the people who you look up to, they've just failed billions and trillions more time than you have. And that's what I have to keep reminding myself. So when I'm fearful, like, what if I fail? Instead of thinking, oh, what if I fail? I think, what if I fail? Like, this is great. I can learn from it. (laughs) Flipping that mindset of what you're thinking. I really like your mindset about that because you're excited about it. You're like, what if I fail? Then it gives me an opportunity to move forward and move forward, you know, even better and change my narrative. But, you know, it's exactly what you talk about because it's about that thing of rewriting limiting beliefs, right? Mm. Because you've got to rewrite the way you feel about yourself or the way your upbringing has made you feel because a lot of this also comes from your upbringing. Yeah. So I want to talk a bit about that because you also talk about rewriting limiting beliefs, but a lot of our beliefs come from the way we grew up, Mm -hmm. the things we were told, 
the way we saw the world and what we believed the world was. Yeah. You know, so how do you see the world differently? How do I see the world differently is by basically, like you've just said, changing your limiting beliefs. Um, But the thing is, people don't realize that you can change your limiting beliefs, but it's something you do need to figure out what is limiting you. A limiting belief is basically what it says in the title. It's a belief that limits you in some way. But people don't realize that they're spending most of their life in their head saying things to themselves that they wouldn't even say to their worst enemy. Like, we are our Mm. worst critics. We say so many horrible things about ourselves that we wouldn't even say to anyone else. So why are we saying it to ourselves? But the way to change your beliefs is to first realize what they are and then Mm. change them to something more positive. But the hack is to change it to something that you actually believe. So I always use this example. When I was younger, I struggled really badly with dyslexia. So I used to think I was really stupid. And I had this limiting belief that I told myself forever um, from a young age that I was stupid. And the way I changed that is to change it to something like, I'm not stupid, I'm learning. I'm trying my hardest to pick things up more quickly. I just take longer than other people because I have dyslexia. But I believe that thought. But if I changed it to a belief like I'm the most intelligent person in the whole entire world, I wouldn't believe that. And I would go right back to believing that I was stupid. So when changing limiting beliefs, it's really important to change it to something that you do believe and you can stick to. If someone was changing their limiting beliefs, would you say they should write it down? Like like literally just wake up in the morning Or whenever they think of a limiting belief, they should write it down and say, this is, you know, like... If you're unsure of your limiting beliefs, because most of us know what our limiting beliefs are, but we don't know what all of them are. We have around forty to 60,000 thoughts every single day. And most of them thoughts are subconscious. So if we don't even realize they're going into our head, we're not going to realize we need to change them. So if you want to know what your limiting beliefs are, I would highly suggest for a whole week, every time something negative comes into your mind, write it down and you'll figure out Mm. what are your limiting beliefs. And it's not even things about yourself. It's things about the world around you as well. Like you can have limiting beliefs about other people or other situations or anything. So write everything down so that you are able to change it. Okay, so... One thing I'm noticing um, is like a lot of the process has to do with doing the work. Mm. So you, first of all, you have to realize there's a problem. Yeah. And then you think, how am I going to find a solution? Mm. And then you have to do the work. Yeah. Because obviously, if you don't do the work, nothing will change. But a lot of people don't want to do the work. And another thing I want to talk is how do you advise, you know, because... You talked about how once upon a time you were in a state where you felt like committing suicide, literally. That means you were in a depressive state. Things, you know, you just felt bad. You had, you know, family problems had happened. A good friend had committed suicide. And you did say that you found this book, you read it, and you snapped out of it. Or it helped you in the process. You're snapping out of it. Now, not everyone's like that. Some people are in that depression. You give them a book. They don't even read it. You, they, or they read a book. They just can't see out. The person cannot see past the state they're in, but someone else is trying to help them. What advice would you have for the friend 
that tries to facilitate, you know, the healing of another person. So what I would say to that is, and I just want to point out that I definitely didn't want to read that book the first time it came around. So many people had put books my way. It just so happened that that one time I did actually read it. Like the thing is for someone helping someone else in a bad state, in depression, in anxiety, it's the worst thing to hear right now, but you can't do anything other than be there and be supportive. Because the worst thing that I always heard when I was depressed is no one else could help me. No one else could fix my problems. I would go to the doctors and I would literally sit there and I would be like, just help me, just do something for me, just like do it for me. But the thing is, no one could do it for me. And that's why I spent like four years being depressed because I wanted someone else to do it for me. But the thing is, I had to do it for myself. So if you are trying to help someone, realize whatever you do, how much you help, you can't really do anything other than be supportive and be there. You can't change their life. You can't do it for them. They have to want to do it for themselves. And it's the last thing they'll want to hear. It was the last thing I wanted to hear. But it's just being supportive. Just try and be there. Try and, you know, support them any way that you can. I think one of the keys is what you mentioned as well is the you know, you have to actually realize you're depressed. Because, you know, people go through stages in life where they don't realize they're depressed. I mean, to be honest, I've been depressed before and it only, you know, when I look back now, I realize I was depressed. But at that point, I was just a very unfriendly person to myself. Because, you know, even when friends said, let's do this, I'll be like, no, I don't want to do that. No. But it's only now I can, you know, when I look back, I can realize that I was depressed. I mean, and like you, I read a lot of spiritual books. I read a lot of self-help books. I also started chanting, I do meditations. And even till today, that is my core, the core of my existence. Because I feel like without my spiritual practice, it's constant work. I feel like in the world we live in, we have to be constantly working on ourselves. If not, we get swayed by depressive ideas. Yeah, there's this great book called The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. And it's about how you're always on this trajectory. You're always like doing better than you were yesterday or worse than you were yesterday. You're never on this straight line. Like if you stop, you're going to go down. If you carry on, you're going to go up. But what we think is that we can just go through life doing nothing. But that's not true. You have to continuously do things and help yourself. It's all about consistency, really. So consistency, that's a big word, consistency. And I find that that's one of the most difficult things we all have. You know, we all find consistency a very hard word. And I'm one that I can say, I've done a lot of things where I've, I haven't been consistent. And part of it, especially in job situations and stuff, is because I feel like as humans, when we don't see results, we give up. Yeah. And sometimes we just have to keep on doing it because the momentum will pick up. But we base our results on other people's results, which goes back to, you know, judging ourselves. Yeah. It's so easy okay. to compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20. It's so easy, but you've got to realize that they're on a different chapter to their life than you on yours. Yeah. And I think, you know, you have such pearls of wisdom. I mean, for your age. 
It's good that you're on this journey because I can see you writing books in the future and all those exciting things that people end up doing, you know, in the future. And another thing I wanted to ask you is what are your goals for your future? Like, what do you see coming for you in the future? Yeah. So the reason I started on Instagram and YouTube is because I wanted to build an audience because I am writing a book. I'm writing a book. I can tell you a little bit about it if you want. It's Mm -hmm. basically when I was in this depressive state, I came to realize that there's six aspects of our life. So there's giving back. So like giving back to charity or church, there's health and wellness, there's education, there's lifestyle and luxury. And there's one more that will come to my brain that I can't remember right now. But what I realized is every thing in your life can be put into these six boxes so for each section I talk about how I improved each area of my life and that's what the book I am writing at the moment so that's my goal I mean a big goal would be to be a New York Times best-selling author that would be like that would be the dream that's the goal and just to help people like honestly I know it sounds so cheesy but I just want to help people and support people and especially those people who are going through the same troubles as me and what I've been through because I empathize with them so much because I know how it feels I mean I don't know exactly how it feels because everyone goes through things differently but I just want to help people I don't want people to feel sad I want people to enjoy their life and it sounds so cheesy but that's what I want to do (laughs) okay so now I want to ask you a question You talked earlier about you had feelings of committing suicide. What was going through your mind then? And I mean, apart from, you know, the issue with your friend dying and your father dying, which I understand is very traumatic in someone's life. But at that moment, what was going through your mind? And the reason I'm asking you that question is I want to find a path for someone, anyone that's listening to this, that's thinking of taking their life. I want this to inspire them so they can listen to this and feel like they're not alone and how they can, you know, like not take their lives and change their lives. So what was going through my mind at that specific time, I'd been very depressed for a while, but what was really going through my mind is it was really a spare of the moment thing. I hadn't been planning on it. I wasn't Like, I know people prepare and plan to do things like this, but it was spare of the moment. I had all my medication next to me, and I just thought to myself, you know what? If I didn't wake up, I'd be fine with that. If I didn't see the morning, I would be okay with that because a lot of that time I spent asleep because my dreams were way way more exciting than my life. My dreams were the only thing that took me away from feeling just sometimes nothing sometimes everything so what was really going through my mind was if I don't wake up I don't care my life is worthless basically that's basically me just saying my life is worthless I have no point in living and I haven't really spoken to anyone about it so it I don't know it's quite cathartic speaking about it because I really hope that if someone is going through the same situation that they can take courage from my story. And although it seems impossible, it is possible to feel better. It may take six months, it may take 10 years, but it is possible. You've just got to hang on in there. 
whatever you can do to survive, if breathing is all you can do that day, then do it. Because if you take your life away, there's so many people who are actually going to miss you. And not even yourself now. Like, well, I'm sure people would miss me if I took my life away then. But if I took my life away then, I would have taken my life away from people who I know now. Like, I didn't know the people who I know now. And there's so many people in your future, in your future life, that if you take your life away now, you're taking it away from them future friends and future families, those future situations. You have so much ahead of you. So please just hang on in there. If you do anything, just breathe. I like what you said about just breathing. And I think a lot of this is also about reframing your life. Mm. You know, reframing where you are now. And I feel like when we are thinking of suicide, we feel like there's there's not going to be change. Nothing's going to change. But one thing I've also come to realize is that the only thing in life that's guaranteed is that everything changes. Yeah. Even if you're going through the worst situations today, it's not going to be like that tomorrow. I mean, I've been through situations in my life where, to be honest with you, I was thinking, I don't know if I'm going to live till Christmas. And, you know, I would imagine Christmas, and it was, I think maybe it was like February or March, and I was imagining Christmas, thinking, will these issues still be here at Christmas? Mm. But somewhere, the reason I'm saying that is somewhere in my life, I knew that there's no way I can still be in the same situation at Christmas. I might have to go through a lot of challenges yeah. before Christmas because I was going through a really tough situation, but there's no way I'm going to be in the same situation. And I think sometimes what gives us the fear is the challenge ahead more than the situation itself. So you see your life here like, what? let's give an example. Someone is stuck in a situation with no money, nothing, and they feel suicidal doesn't mean they're not going to have money in six months or a year or be a multi-millionaire in 10. But in this situation now, they get so depressed because they can, even when they think of the journey to get themselves out of the hole, they can't see it or they can't, you know, they just don't have the energy to push themselves up again because they've just, they're just so down, down and you just can't think. And that's why I also believe personally that environment also helps our mindset. So I think sometimes even when one's feeling suicidal, it's good to take a walk through, you know, nature, Mm. um, go by the ocean, just do things that you wouldn't normally do because sometimes it just gives us that click that we need that just gives us that drive to start pushing forward. What do you think about all that? No, nature is definitely something, because it's so peaceful as well, it really sets your mind at peace. But I think for those who can't see the future, focus on the now. Focus on what mm-hmm. you can do now. Even if I, th- there's been times in my life where I've had to break down my life into like 30-minute sections or even 10-minute sections where I'm like, okay, I've got to get through the next 10 minutes. Once I get through the next 10 minutes, I can think about the next 10 minutes. Like there's sometimes you can't even think that far ahead. You just have to focus on getting through the now because the unknown can be scary. The unknown of, is this going to be this forever? Can be scary. Yeah, I know it can really, really be scary. And 
Also, you know, one thing I've liked that you've done is, and you talk about on your YouTube videos, is you found your voice. Because one thing I'm realizing is your pain today can be your profit tomorrow. 100%. Yes, exactly. You know, and it's about reframing because, you know, like you went through something and you thought, wait a minute, I'm going through this, I'm over it, but I can help other people that are trying to find their voice and change their beliefs out there. And now you're turning it into this massive movement, which I know for sure is going to help a lot of people out there. And a lot of people are going to change their lives in the process. So I want you to talk a bit about how people can find their voice. Yeah. So I love how that phrase, I've never heard of that before. Your pain is your profit. It's like your mess is your message. Because the thing is, whatever you're struggling through, there's bound to be thousands of other people who are just five steps behind you that if you said how you helped your life, it could help them too. And the best feeling in the world is serving other people, is helping other people and feeling like you've made a difference to someone else's life. But definitely your biggest disabilities in your life are your biggest abilities. Your biggest weaknesses that you think are your weaknesses, they're actually your biggest strengths. And I think finding your voice is so important, but it's really hard in a world full of social media and in a world full of so many things going on and so many other people having a different opinions and finding your voice can also be hard if you want to please everyone because you want to have the same voice as everyone else but finding your own voice really just means being authentically you doing what mm-hmm. makes you happy and the way to do the things that make you happy or you joyful is to if you think of something and think yes i would love to do that go and do it if you think of something and think, oh, that would make me excited to do that. Don't think about it. Just go and do it. And those things will snowball and you'll find more joy and more happiness. And I think that's what happened to me. I found passion in making videos that turned into an Instagram, that turned into a podcast, that turned into a YouTube page. And it just snowballs. So just do the things that excite you. And yeah, so, find your voice. So it's about finding your voice. And then also being consistent mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then believing in that voice that someone else wants to listen yeah. to what you have to say. Because I think part of it is you have to realize that you have to say what you have to say, because there's someone that wants to listen to your story. There's someone that your story will affect. There are a lot of people that wish they could do the things you're doing now because They're sitting at home and they're like, I wish I could just tell someone my story, even if that's going to inspire them. And I think your message for people is that you got to get out of the way. We call it getting out of the way, you know, like actors call it getting out of the way. So you've got to get out of the way of yourself because otherwise you block yourself, right? Yeah, that's the the message of my whole story, my whole, sorry, my Mm -hmm. whole platform, Live Without Limits. It's the message of my whole platform. And I haven't really said it out loud, but what I want people to realize is we are our own limitations. We are the only limit in our life. And once we realize that we're the only limit, that gives us the power to take control and change our lives because power comes from responsibility. And it's the last thing you want to hear if you're depressed, if you're anxious, if you're having a hard time, but you need to take responsibility of your life. If you don't take responsibility for what's happening to you, how you're feeling, you will never change because you won't have that power to change. Power is in the responsibility. 
And it is the worst thing to hear, really. I did not want to hear it. And especially when I'm having a bad day or like I'm having a horrible day and then I think to myself, hey, Emily, actually, this is your fault. Whatever you're feeling, this is your responsibility. And I'm like, oh, for goodness sake, okay, I'll have to change it myself then. But that doesn't mean the things that have happened to you. So, for example, my dad dying, that wasn't my fault. That wasn't my responsibility. But my responsibility is how I handle that situation my thoughts towards that situation, my feelings towards that situation, and what I do next with my life. That's where the responsibility lies. I really like that comment you made, and I'm writing it down. Power is your responsibility. So you've got to take responsibility of your power, and you've got to take responsibility for yourself. And that's a very important point you made, because I find a lot of people keep on blaming situations Mm -hmm. or other people for the reason why they can't do something. Mm-hmm. So for example, they'll be like, oh, you know, but I had a lot of work today. I couldn't do that. I'm not saying you have to push yourself to death, but sometimes we kind of blame. We do a lot of blaming yeah. and it's never us. It's never us. It's always, yeah. <laughs> it's always something that's happening outside us. And that's hard for a lot of people because when you tell them that take responsibility, they're like, what are you talking about? You don't even know what I'm going through in life. You don't even know what my life's like. You don't know this. You don't know that. I agree. Your life could have been very hard, but it's the same for a lot of people. Yeah. And you don't even know my story. You don't know how hard my life could be or what I'm going through in this moment, you know? So I feel sometimes that people get, we get really selfish and we make it all about ourselves yeah. instead of the other people thinking, look, where are they coming from? trying to help me you know like we make it all about ourselves and the danger with making things all about yourself is then you have nothing of substance to hold on to saying that I also want to ask you know like your advice because I find like a lot of these things like when you're talking about owning your power cancelling limiting beliefs all these things we all know all these things I mean I, I wouldn't say we all know but we listen to them every day Tony Robbins um Jack Canfield, um, this one, Oprah, they're telling us every day, why don't we do it? Such a good question. (laughs) There's so many reasons we don't do it, but the thing is we just need to do it. Like I've spoken to so many people and there's so many fears out there. There's fear of rejection, there's fear of failure, there's fear of success, there's fear of rejection, there's there's so many fears. And then there's also so many things that are stopping us. There's procrastination, there's consistency, there's just so many things out there that are limiting us. But the thing is, if you talk to anyone, how how they get over a fear is to just face it head on. You just have to do the work. Even when you don't feel like it, you just have to take that first step. You just have to do it. There's so many reasons not to do it, but there's so many reasons also why to do it and you just need to do it. And also, if you're listening to this or anything that Beauty and the Beat put out and you're feeling motivated, don't just feel motivated for a second. Go and do it. Like so many of us listen to things and feel motivated and then we do nothing about it. But the thing is, Motivation comes and goes, but your willpower has to be strong. I think that's something really important, your willpower. And your willpower to do things comes from your why. Like, why do you want to do these things? For example, my why is I want to help people. Your why may be you want to feed your children. You want a better life for your children. Your why may be you want to travel the world. You 
have everyone has different whys but you need to know why you're doing it to do it so just try and find that why so would you say it's that thing you know like I read that book feel the fear and do it anyway yeah (laughs) and that is such a hard thing for all of us like just to go against our fears because our fears create all those monsters in our head and we're like oh my god if I do this this is going to happen if and it never does I mean sometimes it does but as you said, 90% of the time, it's just up there. Another thing I got from what you're saying is we shouldn't be afraid of change. No. Because that's another thing. People are afraid of change. And every time in my life that things have changed for the bad or for the better, it's become even better. Yeah. But in that moment of change, I felt like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm not going to live through this. And then all of a sudden... I'm on the other side of the tunnel and I'm like, oh, I'm still here. It's like three years since that happened. Yeah. And then I start to think that why is it when that was happening to me, why was I so consumed by it? Because I'm here now, you know, so what I try to do and what I've done is I've learned from that in the past. So now when I go through big problems, I mean, I still have demons talking But I try to base it on faith. Like, I just know it's going to change. Even if I have to go through a massive change, I know it's not going to be the same next year. It's not going to be the same in six months. You know, I have to believe fully that my life is going to transform and therefore I will move forward. And by doing that, I realize it really helps me because I'm like, if I'm going through a problem, I think about other problems I've had and I think, hey, you overcame that. If you overcame that, you can overcome this. Yeah, I do that too, especially if I'm mm-hmm. going through like a depressive episode or feeling depressed again. I'm like, well, I got through it last time, so I can get it through it this time. It's just going to be a while. Like you, you're going to feel uncomfortable. Change is uncomfortable. But once you get through that uncomfortable stage, there's magic. Magic happens. And what I want to mm-hmm. say to that as well also is change may seem bad, but sometimes it's the best thing for you. Sometimes the things that you don't get are like a blessing in disguise. Change can be a blessing in disguise. And it is that thing of having faith. But how do you have faith in something that you don't know is going to happen? How I have faith in myself is knowing that whatever comes my way, whatever happens, I know I can handle it. I know with my mindset, with what I read, with my belief in myself, with my friends and my family and the support, even if I don't have that support. I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. So when change is scary, I think, Emily, buckle up. It's going to be a ride. But whatever comes my way, I can handle it. You've got to have that faith in yourself. You've got to be your number one cheerleader. Not obnoxiously, not like, oh, I'm the best. Like, no, no, like Not like being arrogant, but just that belief in yourself that you can handle whatever change comes your way. I like what you said about that, because you said, like, whatever change comes your way, you're ready to handle it, you know, and that's very important, because I feel like a lot of people just get scared. Mm -hmm. And when we get scared, we just like, I can't do this, I can do this. And then we just clam up. And it's so important that we just have this faith in ourselves that we can overcome whatever it is that faces us. And in order to do that, I believe that sometimes we need some sort of spiritual practice, life coach, maybe a psychiatrist, depending on, you know, where you are. 
but I feel you need or a mentor or an energy healer. But I feel like, you know, we're here in this world, not alone. We're here with a, a whole group of different people with different mindsets. And it's for us to sometimes reach out to others and try to find our healing. And so um, in order to sum up all of this, I would like to ask you, Emily, if I told you to give me seven practical solutions that someone who's going on a life journey to personal development and growth, what they should be thinking about, you know, things like reading books that are, but if you just put it down into seven simple things that if anybody could use today would help them get their life, at least from A to B to C. Um, Number one would definitely be read books even just 10 pages a day before you go to sleep. But don't just read them. So I'm going to put this into number two. Um, Don't be a hoarder of knowledge. Don't hoard that knowledge. Put that knowledge into action. Everyone says that knowledge is power. That's false. Knowledge is only power when you put it into action. So number three would be believe in yourself. Because the thing is, whether you think you are or you are not, you're right. Whatever you perceive yourself to be, you're right. It's your perception. If you think you're fat, you're right. If you think you're stupid, you're right. If you think you're the best human in the world, you're right. And the thing is, when you believe better things about yourself, you will show up in the world as a better person. Number four would be consistency. Stay consistent. Just keep being consistent, no matter what is thrown your way, try and be consistent. Even if it's a little thing every single day, try and be consistent. Number five, I think I'm on, gratitude. Gratitude is so important. When you live in a place of gratitude, you can't be sad. You can't be thinking happy thoughts and thoughts of gratitude and be sad at the same time. But you can't be sad and thinking sad thoughts and be happy. Your thoughts are your feelings. So if you're thinking happy things, positive things, gratitude, you will be more happy and you will spot more things out in the world. Number six would be surround yourself with the right people. There's this amazing quote by Jim Ron that says, you are the average of the five people you spend time with. And that's not even in person. So this is me and you spending time. It's spending time with people you see on social media. That's spending time with them. It's spending time with people on TV, on series, on Netflix. The five people you spend the most time with, you are that average. You are their average income. You are their average humor. You are their average lifestyle. So surround people yourself with people who inspire you. And number seven would be just... Life is a miracle. It, the fact that you're even alive is a miracle. The fact that you, your parents had sex at a particular time to have you and their parents had sex and their parents had parents. The fact that you're even alive is like, I don't know what the statistic is, but I think it's like you winning the lottery like five to 10 times. Like, it's crazy that you're even alive. Make the most of it. And I know if you're in a sad place, you're probably like, oh, why do I have to be alive? But find the beauty, find the positivity wherever you are. And that would be my seven. Thank you so much for those pearls of wisdom, Emily. And thank you for coming on Beauty and the Beat. Before we leave, I would like you to let people know where they can find you. Yes. So I am Live Without Limits official. You have to use the official. 
anywhere on YouTube, on Facebook, on podcasts, on any platform, Live Without Limits official. I'm also on Instagram. And yeah, definitely come visit me because I would love to get to know you. And I would love to have you, Amanda, on my my YouTube page sometime soon as well. I'd love you. <laughs> I would love to. So let's Let's talk about it. I'd definitely love to come on your YouTube page and we can talk about something. Send me an email, call me, text me, whatever. And everybody you heard, Emily, you can find her at Live Without Limits. That's L-I-V, Without Limits. She's. You can find her on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, all those handles. And she's there with all her amazing advice. You should watch her YouTube videos. A lot, a lot of insight. Even I got inspiration from it. And today it's been an amazing conversation, Emily. And I want to say thank you so much for coming on Beauty and the Beat. And I look forward to coming to you on YouTube. No, okay. Thank you so much. I hope this relationship, this friendship, like continues to grow because you're an amazing Amen. So thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you.